Hello and welcome along to the seventh episode of the Keep Agile, Keep Farming podcast with your hosts, Nick and Gwen. Yes, it's been a while, I know, and apologies for the long gap since the previous episode, but we're delighted to be back with the very wonderful Dr. Sam Host from Quantex Solutions as our guest. Now, we're all about encouraging farmers to try out new things and become more adaptable to change. And in this episode, Sam will be telling us how new technologies can be easily adopted by livestock farmers. The focus of Quantic Solutions is to assist companies in commercializing their agrotech innovations in the livestock sector. First of all, though, we wanted to know how Sam got his business to this stage and how his experience can help connect new technologies with farmers. How did I get here? <laughs> um, convoluted, and you could almost say uh, by accident. But uh, my career started out, or oh, right back at the beginning, I suppose, I started out going with my uncle to markets in terms of buying stock. He was a cattle dealer. And I suppose I started going, working on farms uh, whilst at school. But then I went on and did a, a degree in agriculture in North Wales in Bangor and then went on to um, uh, do an MSc and a PhD around genetics, so animal breeding. Uh, and so for a number of years, I worked in the pig breeding industry. And in the end, I left that uh, and started working for myself. Uh, initially, I was doing projects that were large-scale projects I suppose in terms of involving whole sectors like the pig sector into it in terms of say doing regional health improvement or setting up the agritech centers but then I became interested through and this is where it was somewhat serendipitous um, through uh, my parents-in-law um, that they were looking to invest in a company in Ireland called Monford Ag, which had was or was developing uh, what was known as the grassometer, a device to measure uh, grass biomass for the dairy sector. So I, I became very much involved in that business and got very interested in in uh, agritech. And I still had a very an interest in terms of well, how could we be using that agritech information, digital information in an animal breeding context? Okay, so we're pretty much up to date now. Can you just talk us through at the moment the service that you're offering and the benefits of that? Yeah, so I'm working with mostly animal. Um, agritech companies, so companies that are involved in precision livestock farming, both in UK company based companies, but also companies from overseas. In a very general term, I suppose I'm helping them uh, internationalize, grow their business, go global uh, in terms of what they're doing. By that, I'm utilizing my experience in terms of contacts within the UK and European markets, but I'm also utilizing my knowledge of international agritech. And I suppose the part that I did miss out that comes in and is relevant here, one of the contracts that I had with Quantex Solutions in the last few years has been working with the Department of International Trade in the UK 
on their inward investment side, so helping international overseas companies enter the UK. And I was covering uh, animal nutrition, animal genetics, um, uh, alternative protein sources and things, uh, covering those companies uh, wanting to enter the UK. And so I, I'm, I'm giving a, a, a very much a business uh, assistance to companies, but with a, a, a very much an agricultural experience background focus to what I'm doing. And how does that work? Uh, do you go to them or do they come to you? <laughs> uh, mixture, absolute mixture. Yeah. yeah. So uh, and and that it, it to be honest that that has been one of the advantages in terms of doing things uh, digitally like we're doing at the moment. Uh, in terms that there have been a number of conferences that have happened online, so there could be a conference going on in Singapore, in um, in uh, Australia, in South America, in the USA, and if they are virtual, it's quite easy for me to participate in those, uh, make contact with people, uh, and keep following up from those uh, contacts and things. So that that side of things has worked um, exceptionally well for me. I much prefer to have a mixture of uh, physically meeting people and virtually meeting people, but it has worked pretty well over the last couple of years. So yeah, one question I have is uh, also from a farmer perspective. Now you obviously have quite a lot of experience helping companies bringing their innovations to the market. And what would you say to farmers that um, they should be looking out for when evaluating new technologies for their livestock production systems? Uh, so when I was involved in the uh, in Monford Ag, Ag in, the, in terms of the grassometer, the owner of the company uh, and the, the designer of one of the, of the, comp the designer of the uh, technology that we were using was an ex Apple designer uh, and the owner of the company was very interested in Apple and I suppose things that we have for farmers must be as intuitive and easy to use as farmers picking up a apple phone and using it and it's that sort that's one of the aspects but things have also got to be easily incorporated into what people are doing on a farm uh, they have to be robust uh, and I suppose, particularly if you talk about, um, well, outside in terms of things to do with dairy and beef animals, they have to be physically robust because they're large animals, uh, they're strong, they weigh a lot. Inside, in terms of pigs and um, poultry houses, the environment is not brilliant. It's sometimes humid, there's changes in temperature, there's sometimes there's relatively high ammonia levels and things. So equipment's got to be able to cope with that, but it's also got to be able to cope easily with uh, power washing and disinfecting around. So there's some quite practical things that equipment has to be able to do that enables farmers to adopt things easy. And I suppose the other thing is that if something's very easy to adopt, that makes it much more likely to be adopted so if somebody has to change the rest of their equipment and machinery and all the rest of it that's going to be a tall order uh, you, you mentioned um using an apple phone i mean a lot of farmers may not be able to you or feel apprehensive about using even something as uh straightforward to you and i as, a, as an as an iphone how, how do you address that how do you overcome that you know 
reluctance to uh, embrace technology? I'm less concerned about that in that I think farmers can adopt some of that technology. And I think, uh, I, I think the barriers are less than we imagine. And if the product is right, farmers can be very rapid adopters of um, technology. So to give you a couple of examples of that, most cereal farmers in the UK will take on board and start growing the latest varieties of wheat and barley. There isn't a huge lag in years in terms of them adopting new varieties. And the same on the dairy breeding side, people are very uh, rapid in terms of utilising new bulls that come into um, use in terms of the semen. But I suppose the other side to those examples that I've just given is that they don't require farmers to alter their um, organisation and methods and tools and equipment and things. They don't need a different type of combine harvester or something like that. So those sort of things come with the technology embedded within them. So you buy a different variety of um, uh, wheat seed and the improvements are within the wheat seed. You don't have to do something different. But the other thing is that yeah. we've got to get to the stage that people also yeah, aren't entering, <laughs> having to enter lots of different data, you know, lots of the same data multiple times for different uses and things. And that's, you know, that is frustrating for farmers, I suppose, mm. as it is for everybody else. But I suppose farmers particularly are always um, short of time. There's always something else, particularly if you've got livestock. There's always things that need doing on you know on a on a regular basis. I suppose it's a management thing. It's difficult for them to step aside from that day to day business and actually be working on the business rather than working in the business sort of thing. And I suppose that's that's particularly difficult for farmers because that's mostly why most of them are involved in it they like doing the things that they're doing they like working with physically working with animals that they like tractor driving etc so that's when the technologies are actually really helpful because they're doing the things uh, automatically collecting data and and lets farmers do do their jobs basically absolutely I suppose we do get it. There are problems in the animal sector, but I think the cereals, the uh, crop sector has been through a lot more issues in terms of compatibility between different tractors and machines and software and all the rest of it. I think we're a little bit behind where they are, but I don't think we've had as as much of an issue as that. Sam, the, the other potential issue I was thinking of is um, how, how do you make the investment into these new technologies cost-effective or value for money when not just farmers, but we're all kind of struggling at, at the minute with the, the cost of living crisis. Is that a hard sell at the moment? One of the things that I, I think the agri-tech companies have, have all, uh, a poor at, I suppose, is demonstrating the value to producers, to farmers. Um, and I think we've got to get much better at doing that. You know, farmers need to see a tangible value from doing something. Uh, uh, and I don't think people are very good at communicating that message. There's, you know, there's all sorts of things we could be doing, but if it doesn't make some material difference, and it doesn't necessarily have to be directly money, but if it doesn't save time, if it doesn't improve your output, if it doesn't contribute to, let's say, 
um, things to do with uh, the environment and things that are tangible and those things aren't conveyed well, farmers aren't going to be aren't going to be interested. Um, what we what we haven't seen in the UK, I suppose, is uh, particularly is where people are um, sharing value, I suppose, which I think happens more in in the USA, where companies are willing to put in ag tech and then uh, will share in the gain that farmers are making from using that ag tech. Uh, and part of it, I suppose, is de-risking that for farmers. It, to me, it seems, and wearing my sort of farmer hat, it does seem that the, the, a lot of the risk is only on the farmer uh, and that, that risk sharing amongst the supply chain you know, it, it almost is <laughs> the other side of what's going on at the moment, um, that it would be good if more of the supply chain was sharing that risk in terms of where we are in terms of costs and things. How do you think the industry can can make that message clearer, you know, of the tangible material benefits? I think part of that is actually getting involved with farmers very, early, and you know, this is not not new, but um, getting involved with farmers at an early stage in terms of that um, knowledge transfer process. I think involving farmers in uh, what you're developing, going going out to to farms and putting your boots on and seeing how it all works and things. And I think then companies will have a much better realization of what the practicalities are of doing things on farms and i i don't think we've um certainly in the uk i don't think we've totally got to that stage and well i don't think we're anywhere near it really you know having a forum where people could go out and be working with farmers to develop things would sense check ideas at an early stage and probably um develop tools and equipment and things that is 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 more farmly friendly uh, and I think they will really get some great insights from farmers because farmers are very innovative in their own way in terms of looking at something and how it works and perhaps altering it, modifying it, those sort of things. There's there's a lot of um, probably untapped backyard innovation that's not not exploited and could be. Yeah, okay. I mean, we've had some really successful architect companies uh, on our podcast already and Actually, what they all have in common is that the founders are more or less with a farming background as well. So, yeah, I mean, they, so they knew a bit more about the practicalities on, on livestock farms and things. So I think that was really a, a benefit for them in terms of developing these technologies. I think that's exactly the same in the UK. There's quite a number of the companies around who um, come from a farming background and they've gone off and done something else and then they've come back realizing that there are lots of opportunities in agriculture or there's lots of technologies outside of agriculture that could be utilized uh, within agriculture let's say satellites and things you know there's lots of things that could be done with using satellites which a farmer doesn't need to get involved in the details of how satellites all work and all the rest of it and what could be done but the presentation that easy simple presentation of some of the data could be quite useful and things and um, one more question that I also have is, I mean, you, you have a genetics background and where do you see the benefits for, for genetic progress um, from these, um, the industry adopting more and more these type of technologies? You think um, it's being able to make faster progress because obviously genetics does take some time normally? I, I suppose, I've, to be honest, I've been a bit dis, um, disappointed with my 
um, genetics colleagues, um, Gwen, because we they seem to have had a bit of a siloed approach to uh, agritech and um, you know not re particularly they're not engaged in it as much as I thought they would have done because here's a, a different group of people who have got a great deal of interest in data and things very similar to a genetics sort of thing, but the two have been quite separate. They are, I, I suppose, as a geneticist, you're in, interested in individual animal information generally. So sometimes agritech is to do with flocks and, not, and groups rather than be individuals, but that is beginning to change. But I think there's, there's a whole wealth of data out there that agritech can provide to geneticists in terms of computer vision and things that could be used in genetic programs. So I'm not saying that there would be faster progress, but I think there's different things that could be looked at. So, so some examples, let's say in pigs is in tail biting and identifying individuals uh, that are doing the biting or being bitten and things. Uh, there's lots around, let's say behavior, uh, lying behavior, perhaps identifying ones that have got gut problems. As, as we move on the say dairy and beef side to uh, having individual tags on animals, which have got a spatial uh, dimension as, as well, we can start to see group behavior and things and grazing patterns, all of which could be um, yeah, quite useful in terms of genetic programs. So uh, I think that the the breadth of uh, phenotypic data that's collected could be a lot broader um, going forwards. Okay, so you would like to see more collaboration basically between the two kind of groups somehow facilitating. Yeah, that. yeah, and 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 that is that is that is beginning to happen. Um, some companies are investing very much in that, and I and I suppose you're seeing other players um, come in who are bringing these two domains together where perhaps some of the tradi more traditional animal breeding companies haven't done so. So some of the animal health companies are moving into that area in terms of utilizing agritech alongside genetic information. We love this encouraging take on the adoption of agtech by livestock farmers from Sam. If you want to get in touch with Sam directly, go to quanticsolutions.co.uk. This brings us to the end of another episode of Keep Agile, Keep Farming. If you have any comments or suggestions, please check out our Twitter handle at Agile Farming and let us know what you would like to hear about in a new episode. So until next time, it's bye for now.